Morning, church. We started a new series last week. It's called Clothed with Christ. We're going to spend several weeks on this, Clothed with Christ. Here's a verse we used last week. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. So if you weren't here last week, let me do a little bit of review. We talked about stars who were walking down the red carpet. And when you're walking down the red carpet, you're heading to hopefully get an award. But these days, the award is not what is important. They're going to ask, who are you wearing? That's what is important. They talk about it before the awards. They talk about it the next day on Good Morning America and the Today Show. They want to know, who are you wearing? Because we are so into fashion. We are so, in. y'all are going to need a little more from y'all today, so into fashion. I, even if you moan, I, at least I know you're there. <laughs> We've learned to dress appropriately. We've learned to dress the part. Let me illustrate. I spent 14 years in college ministry. And you dress apart for college ministry. I don't know what your visual, mental Im image is for that, but in 1997, we moved and I accepted a preaching position in Longview, Texas. My sister Dina said, You need to dress the part. I didn't know what the part was. I had a pretty good idea. So I met her in Oklahoma City, handed her my credit card, and she had a field day. And so I bought some jackets, I bought some slacks, I bought some shirts and some ties, bought some new shoes, because she said, you need to dress the part. Because for some people, clothes do make the preacher. And for some people, it's important what the preacher wears. I knew that because of a few of the preacher luncheons I went to, and they all wore coats and ties. I knew that because of some of the lectureships I went to in the 80s, because you could go and all the preachers wore coats and ties, and they were pretty much um, dressed for the part. I, let me give you another illustration. I remember it very vividly. It was a Tuesday in Longview, Texas, and one of our members came in. I was talking with one of our elders in the foyer. And the member came in and he said, where's your coat and tie? I thought he was kidding. It was a Tuesday. And I said, in my closet at home. And he said, where is your coat and tie? You need to wear a coat and tie every day because to some people, they want you to dress the part. We interviewed a Hispanic minister um, when we were in East Texas, and he, you could tell he was scared to death. And, and we, we were asking him a bunch of questions, and we said, do you have any questions? And he said, yes. Do I have to wear a coat and tie every day? And we were like, what? Look at us. We were not wearing coats and ties. And for most years, I've dressed the part on Sunday morning. For most years, I know that it's important for many of you um, for many years, if I'm not dressed appropriately by your standards, you tell me. No, I'm not kidding. So, there's the moan I was looking for. Someone's like, oh. So, but you know what it means to dress apart. So, you've got mental images 
of what people wear. So if I say nurses, you have a mental image of what a nurse will wear. If I said a doctor, you have a mental image on what a doctor will wear. If I say mechanic, you're probably not going to picture someone in a coat and tie. You have a mental image of a mechanic. If I said hunting, you've got a mental image because you know people dress the part. If I mention any of the athletics, if I say basketball, you you have a mental image of what those people wear. If I said track and field, you've got a mental image of what people wear. If I said the Dallas Cowboys, we don't know what they're wearing. (laughs) If I said travel and you were getting on a plane and I said pilot or co-pilot, you've got a mental image of what those people wear. We identify people by clothing, which is okay because as we talked about last week, God's into clothes. God is the ultimate designer. What you wear is important to God. And I asked you last week, and I'll say again today, so stay with me. It's like, am I not dressed appropriately for Sunday morning? Not what we're talking about. So we talked about Adam and Eve. God created Adam and Eve and he put them in a perfect place and he put them in the Garden of Eden and they were naked and they were not ashamed and they were not ashamed because there was no sin in the picture and then they sinned. They rebelled against God. They did something that God said don't do and Eve took a bite of the fruit and Adam took a bite of the fruit and the next verse says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. When sin entered the picture, then their eyes were opened. When sin entered the picture, oh, this is why God didn't want us eating from that. And they realized they were naked. naked sorry, East Texas, naked. And it's, <laughs> it's funny how that just comes out like that. So they sewed fig leaves together. And they made coverings for themselves. Isn't that interesting? The first thing they did after they sinned, the first thing they did when they realized that they had disobeyed God is they wanted to cover up. They immediately realized they were naked physically and they had a desire to cover up. And immediately they knew they were naked spiritually and they didn't have a clue how to cover that up. So they hid. They took some fig leaves and they stitched some clothes with sin, and they covered themselves and they hid. And along comes God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. I love that Scripture says that. God's walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the first thing God did was to whip Adam and Eve, and He called down fire from heaven, and He cooked them on the spot, and they were dead. Sorry, that was Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5. Just, you know, sometimes I get my Bible stories mixed up. Along comes God, and God knows they've sinned, and God knows they've sowed fig leaves, and God knows those fig fig leaves are not what they needed. So here's what God does. He takes an animal, and He kills the animal in front of them, and He skins the animal in front of them, and He takes the skin of that animal, and God covered their physical nakedness with the skin of that animal. But remember, there's more. Adam and Eve didn't know how to cover their spiritual nakedness. But God does, so God does something about that. He takes the skin and covers them, and He takes the blood, and He covers their spiritual nakedness. We looked at this verse last week. The law requires that everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So God takes the blood of that animal and uses that blood to cover their spiritual nakedness. The garments of skin covered the physical 
the blood covered the spiritual. And God begins to weave that story through the rest of the Bible. Adam and Eve hid because of their sin, and we continue to hide because of our sin. Now, I want you to get in a time machine, and we're going to go from Adam and Eve, and we're going all the way to the cross. All the way to the cross. Because at the cross, God is still in the clothing business. Let me illustrate. When God killed an animal and sewed garments for Adam and Eve, He wasn't just sewing those gar- garments for Adam and Eve, He was sewing garments for us. And when God killed that animal and shed that blood, He wasn't just shedding that blood for Adam and Eve, He had a plan that He was weaving. He was going to need blood to cover us. Why? Because the Bible says we've all sinned and we all fall short. I don't know if you've ever been told that today, but you're a sinful person. You're not a sinless person, you're a sinful person. The Bible says we've all sinned and we all fall short. And to cover that blood, to cover that sin, blood has to be shed. But not the blood of an animal. God takes the blood of His Son at the cross. And the blood of His Son is what covers us. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation, and He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. That's what happened at the cross. God, the ultimate designer, God who's still in the clothing business, that's the clothes we got at the cross. That's what Jesus gives us. Again, it wasn't wasn't an animal that gave His life. It was the Son of God that gave His life. And it wasn't the blood of that animal that covered our spiritual nakedness. It was the blood of Jesus Christ that's covered our spiritual nakedness. And if you want to cover your spiritual nakedness today, here's what the Bible says. You need to be clothed with Christ. It's that simple. You need to be clothed with Christ. Here's why. Because when God looks at us and He sees our sin, He can't look at sin. Because He's a just God and He's a righteous God. And He can't look upon sin, so God turns His face when He sees us. But here's the good news. God does something about it. God made Him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us. God put our sin on Jesus to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. At the cross, we mentioned this last week, Jesus was probably crucified naked so that we could be clothed in righteousness. You just need some new clothes. How can I become the righteousness of God? You need some new clothes. And here's what the Bible says. You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus have clothed yourselves with Christ. That's what baptism is. You're just putting on new clothes. You're getting rid of the garments of sin and you're putting on garments of righteousness. That's what baptism is. You're just getting some new clothes. You want God to wash your sins away? You need some new clothes. You want to spend eternity in heaven? You need some new clothes. You want God to look at you in a way that instead of turning His face, you just need some new clothes. God says you need to dress the part. That's what we're going to be talking about for several weeks. Let me illustrate in 1 Corinthians 15. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal must be clothed with immortality. So, when we get to heaven, in order to get to heaven, 
We just need to put on some new clothes. How do I get new clothes? You're clothed with Christ. So when we get to the red carpet of heaven, if you will, God's going to identify us by our clothing. He wants us to dress the part, and He wants us to be clothed with Christ. Now, here's the hard part. I'm not sure what we know. I'm not sure we know what it means to put on Christ. I'm not sure we know what it means to be clothed with Christ. And that's really what I want to drill down starting today and in the next several weeks because once we're clothed with Christ, we're supposed to act a certain way. We not only dress the part, we're supposed to act the part. We're supposed to have a certain kind of behavior. People who put on clothes of righteousness are supposed to act a certain way. What does it mean to be clothed with Christ? So last week we talked about who are you wearing. Today let me illustrate in our closing minutes how are you wearing. So how are you wearing Jesus? Let me illustrate. Some people just want to wear Jesus, I'll call it stylish Jesus. We're just going to put Jesus on. We don't really want to wear Him completely. We want to have Him available, but we don't really want to put Jesus on completely. So I call that stylish Jesus. I want to go to heaven. I want to be connected, but I'm not sure I really want to wear Jesus all the way. Stylish Jesus. How about this one? There's some people that just want to wear... I'll call this one casual Jesus. I just want to wear Jesus casually. Let me illustrate. You know, church is kind of cool. You come pretty regular. You're kind of casual with Jesus. You like church. Preaching's not bad. Think I might come back. Just casual Jesus. Not real hooked up in church. You get some blessings of God, but just casual Jesus. Maybe that's how you're wearing Jesus. But let's keep going. Maybe you wear Jesus this way. I'll call this one rainy day Jesus. You just want to have Jesus available in case there's an emergency. In case it starts raining, you can put Jesus on. In case there's an emergency, you can... Oh, it's going to get better. <laughs> in case there's an emergency, in case you have a sickness... You, you want to be close enough to Jesus. You don't really want to wear Him, but hey, I, I want to be able to reach out and pray to Him. I, I need Him for an emergency. I need Him for a rainy day. Maybe that's how you're wearing Jesus. This one's kind of one of my favorites here. I call this one Camo Jesus. Camo Jesus. You want to wear Jesus, but you don't want people to know that you're wearing Jesus. So you put on camo, Jesus. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. It's just camo, Jesus. You don't really want people to know that you're a Christian because if you're wearing camo, Jesus, and people can't tell if you're a Christian or not, you can go to all the parties. You can sleep around and have sex all you want. You can get high all you want. But, but then you show up on Sunday morning, and it's like, oh, I need to put Jesus back on so that nobody knows what I did this last week. Camo Jesus. And then we come in on Sunday morning, and you know, all you need is a phone booth or a church bathroom, and you're looking good. <laughs> Camo Jesus. Maybe that's how you wear Jesus. Some of y'all wear Jesus this way. You grew up with Jesus this way. 
I call this straight jacket Jesus. If you're straight jacket Jesus, um, you don't drink or cuss or chew and you don't date women that do. Straight jacket Jesus is your view of Christianity is you can't do anything and you don't want anybody else doing anything. Many of you grew up with straight jacket Jesus. It was all about what you can't do. Many of y'all are still wearing Jesus this way. It's all about no, 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 don't, don't, no, don't. And maybe you're wearing Jesus this way and it's like, I don't know why I'm not having any fun with Christianity. You know, we mentioned last week that 25 to 50% of the clothes in your closet, you never wear. Maybe that's where you keep Jesus. You know He's there. You know He's available. But when I go out every day, I really don't want anybody to know. And maybe that's where you're keeping your Jesus. So when I say, how, how do you wear Jesus? You see, we all wear Jesus different ways. Which one of those outfits are you wearing when you come here on Sunday? What about Tuesdays? What about Thursdays? What about Saturday nights? Because there's really only one way to wear Jesus. Fully clothed. And that's why we're talking about being clothed with Jesus. God wants us to dress the part. He doesn't want us to kind of wear Jesus. He doesn't want us to casual wear Jesus. He doesn't want us to straight jacket wear Jesus. He wants us to wear Jesus fully clothed every day. And that's what we're going to be looking at in the next several weeks is what does it mean to wear Jesus? What does it mean to be clothed with Christ? So that's our series for the next several weeks. So let me ask you this question because God wants us to dress the part. Are you wearing Jesus today? If you've never been baptized, according to what Scripture says, when we're baptized, we're clothed with Christ. If you've never been baptized, you've never been clothed with Christ. When we come to God, all we bring is our filthy, greasy garments, is what we read in Isaiah. So God wants us to dress the part, and He wants us to wear Jesus. So if you've never been baptized, then you're not clothed with Christ. I want to encourage you to do that. You don't have to do it today. You can do it anytime you want to. You don't have to. I don't have to be the one that baptizes you. It can be your mom, dad, best friend. It doesn't matter who baptizes you. You're the one going down in the water. You're the one whose heart is right with God. You're the one putting on the new clothes. You're the one who's clothed in righteousness. You can do that anytime you want. We will never pressure you to do that, but I want to tell you that baptism is just a change of clothes. And God wants us to dress the part. So today, are you wearing clothing of sin or are you wearing clothing that is garments of righteousness? God wants us to dress the part. 